0: Let's go girls.
1: Just tell me that I can and I'll show you, that you
0: Let's go. It's
1: women talking. That was po- the fakest let's go I've heard. There was no excitement behind that.
0: I just got done telling you how tired I am, (laughs) so.
1: Yo, let's go!
0: It's Women Talking Football, or WTF for short, of course. Not to be confused with WFT. My name is Mallory Hartley. I'm the associate producer here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Dave Campbell's Texan Live, once again sitting in the host seat. And sitting over there, making sure you can see me, making sure that I sound enthusiastic with everything that I say. It's the executive producer of this place. It's AP. It's Ashley Pickle. Hey,
1: this is my <laughs> third show of the day because to pull back the curtain, we re or we uh, pre-record Friday's TFT because <gasps> we have to be up. There. You pre-record that. That's not live? No, I just watch. Oh, I, I wear my the same gosh. thing every Thursday and Friday. I wear the exact same outfit. Wow. Um, so, anyway, I need the energy on my yeah. third show because I have not gotten out of this seat today. Yeah, <laughs> and it's freaking cold in here. Yes. Like, I'm I am, freezing. I had my
0: jacket, like, zipped up all of the way when uh, before the show started, but I was like, that doesn't look very good. Yeah, so I've got I jacket. I've off. got
1: blanket down here. Like, I'm freezing. My teeth are literally chattering. <laughs>
0: Anyways, <laughs> we are Women Talking Football. We're an internet show here every Thursday talking football around the Lone Star State. And it's already episode fifty-two of Women Talking Football. And today we're gonna take a look at the San Antonio region. Two one oh the two one oh. We love the two one oh. I've been there a lot the past couple of <laughs> the past couple of years for football reasons and whatnot. So love that area. Um, yeah, we'll take a look at some ranked teams down there as well as players that you can watch. Um, but before then, we're going to reveal our week seven Texas football tonight spotlight games. But before we do that, you had, you had an eventful night last night. I think, uh, I think you did talk about this topic on the pre-show of I did. Texas football today earlier, but I think that the people of women talking football, should hear, hear the heroic things that you did last night while I was out <laughs> out and about in the storm.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, we had big weather hit yesterday <laughs> and that's a that's a common thing especially up where we're at. Uh and big weather up in the DFW, specifically when you start getting in the way northern part of the DFW. Yeah. Like we're kind of the tail end of like the tornado belt type of stuff that grows right. through Oklahoma and all that. So when there's big weather, like wind is a massive factor. So I knew I'm weather aware. I'm weather conscious. I knew that the storm was coming. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you were not weather conscious. I was
0: not weather conscious at all. Like I got home last night and I, I won't get too into it, but I got home last night and I was like, what
1: did it rain happen? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, I think it's about 30 minutes away and I'm checking my radar all the time. Taking I love, I love weather. Uh, <laughs> and that's part of the story is Mallory knows this. Every single time that big weather rolls in, I do these r- real stupid <laughs> little fake weather reports that are meant to they're be kind stupid. of... They're I like them. They're meant to be like National Geographic kind of Australian accent, you know, a storm in the wild type of stuff. So they're really blown out of proportion, but they're fun, and I just send them to all my friends and family, and it's like, oh, yeah, Schley back in <laughs> command. Um, so yesterday I'm like, oh, big storm's coming. Okay, cool. And I'm on the phone with my boyfriend, and I hear... The, I hear the wind start coming in and then I hear crash, bang, boom. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I think my Blackstone grill just fell over. And I just, I was like, I gotta go. God. And like instantly hung up and I go out there and I, I told Tepper like I've been in sandstorms and dust storms out in West Texas before. Uh-huh. And this might've been the strongest wind that I've ever been in. It yeah, was, that's, that's insane. Absurd. So The Blackstone falls over, and if you don't know about Blackstones, it's an outdoor griddle, so the whole entire griddle top is cast iron. It is heavy, very heavy. That flew off of the grill, so the grill's upside down. The cast iron thing is all the way over there. Then there goes the grill cover here comes the neighbor's trash can. There's stuff floating everywhere. I'm getting dirt in my eyes. At one point, I like grabbed the side of the house because I almost <laughs> fell over. And then I look over and I realized that the wreath that was on our front door is halfway down the street. Well, you the, thought that you thought that was the manhole at I first too, but, that had yeah. come up
0: from the ground because of the wind. You're like, oh, look, there's a manhole. Wait like, a second, that's, that's our all- wreath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I, at this point, am able to get the grill up and I'm still doing this in this wind. It's raining like crazy. Gosh. hail is right on the precipice of all of that. And so anyway, then our doormat flew all the way over. We have a nice little welcome fall sign that's mm-hmm. about as tall as Mallory is, like a wooden thing <laughs> sitting up against our front, on our front porch.
0: So you're basically saying that the wind would take me as well. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. Oh, you <laughs> would have been annihilated. I would have like, been in the stream too. <laughs> it would have yeeted you so far into the neighbor's households. <laughs> um, but anyway, all that's happening. <laughs> I threw on two different raincoats and was running around like the frog gif in the rain. Uh, I wish you would have put
0: that on here. That's funny. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was absolute chaos. But Mallory came home last night in in the first floor of our house. Everything was just there. It's soaking wet. I've got two different rain jackets hanging over our bar stools. And she was like, did it rain? And I was like, I survived.
0: Well, like I... I pulled up to the house, and I could see that the street was wet. And it was, like, kind of sprinkling on the way back home. I went, I was in Grapevine last night um, meeting one of my friends from college. And we both walked outside from the restaurant, and I was like, it kind of smells like rain out here. Yeah. And I looked at her, and I was like, is it supposed to rain? And she was like, I don't think so. And, and I then I World get War home, three. and then you come <laughs> into my room, and you're like <sighs> – I was like, what happened? You were like,
1: weather. Well, at the, <laughs> and it, the funniest part of it was when we – once I finally got everything indoors, like patio chairs, uh-huh. doormats, everything, I finally got it all inside, I go and I was like, okay, I need to turn on the weather and see if there, if, if I need to take shelter because the wind was getting so bad, I didn't know, maybe tornado warning, tornado watch, like mm-hmm. weather aware. And uh, I turn on NBC 5 and Rick Mitchells, they're doing breaking coverage. And literally, Sheesh. there's the storm and you always see the little eye of the storm is like mm-hmm. purple. He's like pointing at the purple spot, and it's right over our house. And I was like, "This makes sense." And I'm this soaking wet, sense. standing in the living room, going, "Well, I guess I'm gonna let this pass, and I'm gonna go shower." My, my mom texted me
0: last night. She was like, "Did you make it home before the storm?" And I was like, "What storm?" I, <laughs> I made it buying. home after the storm. <laughs> after the storm. Even Meanwhile, she I look like right over me.
1: <laughs> I look like a battered rag doll that was left out to dry <laughs> well
0: I'm I'm so sorry that you had to go through that oh it's me. fine and we made it through um, I'm glad that you are safe I'm glad that your prayers that your Blackstone is safe and that it <sighs> still yeah I gotta works, go home and test
1: that tonight I yeah I just left it inside this morning because I was like if there's another storm that rolls through and we're not I'm just glad I was there yeah, because it would have stunk really bad if we I were know. both gone, ga- like a Thursday night when we we're both going to games. I'm just glad that we that wasn't on. That the you case. were there and that you could bring it inside. So. Yeah,
0: well, I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad Ava's safe. Big big weather. <laughs> <laughs> big big weather that hit us last night, but we're all good. No worries there. All right, AP. I'm going to let you take it from here. It's week seven of the Texas high school football season, which means another week of Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight. And it is time to reveal our week seven spotlight
1: games. Let's start off hot. This one I am so excited about because it is happening to night. How Pumped. about this marquee six, a matchup there, are um, in District 21-6A as the 10th-ranked Summer Creek Bulldogs take on the number two team in Class 6A in the North Shore Mustang. 7 p.m. tonight, Trevor Bullard on the call. Both of these teams, 5-0, started off 2-0 in district play. Um... I'm I'm excited about this. Uh, junior quarterback Blake Thomas has looked exceptional for Summer Creek so far. Uh, they are down a running back. Lloyd Anvent hasn't played the past couple of weeks.
0: Oh man! Uh, but yeah, he's... it hasn't
1: stopped them from looking yeah. impressive. So it, if he might be back. I do not have any word yet as to whether or not he will be playing. I would assume if he's healthy, they definitely want him out there against mm-hmm. North Shore. Um, but we'll see. This is going to definitely be uh, the the biggest test for Summer Creek's defense thus definitely. far in the year. Caleb Bailey, all of North Shore is just cooking. Um, if you like star
0: power, definitely watch this game because there's a, def- di- a couple of like Division One Power Five commits oh, yeah. on both t- Both teams.
1: Yeah, last week uh, (laughs) North Shore played C.E. King, and that was like the first real test for North Shore where we were like, okay, and they just absolutely bodied them. Yeah, they destroyed them. Yeah, Um, they looked really good. Which we talked about it on Texas Football Today earlier. The thing that's interesting about this game is the first quarter. The first quarter Mm -hmm. is the most interesting part of this game because North Shore is used to just absolutely – piling it on people from the moment that the clock starts Mm -hmm. and then they get down in such a fit they can't come back that's exactly what happened to ce king they came in there ready to swing got just bulldozed in the first five minutes and there was no coming back at that point because you look up and it's 17 nothing right so
0: because that point you're morally down too and it's just like man how do you even come come mentally come back from that so
1: if if North Shore gets the ball first and Summer Creek I mean it really just the first drive. I'm super interested in the first drive because if Summer Creek gets it mm-hmm. the ball first and they go down and score, game on. If North Shore gets the ball and they're able to pull a stop on the first drive yeah. Game on! Um, yeah, you got to limit
0: those mistakes
1: too. Like yep. you got to,
0: you if you're Summer Creek, you have to try your very best to play a clean first quarter game. Yeah, because North Shore is going to exploit that if not.
1: And this could really, I mean, if if Summer Creek was able to pull off the upset, this could really, really shake up that district because I don't even think that Summer Creek is the second best team in that district. I think Attassee is yeah. And so this will make it. I feel like this will be that measuring stick that we need of just how exponentially better is North shore than we think that they are than everybody because that's a tough district. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And see, <laughs> like, he, I mean, it's, CE Kings typically up there too. Yeah. You know? Right. And right. they just got Sheesh. annihilated. So yeah. this one, tonight, marquee matchup across the state of Texas, best game happening tonight. You can watch that live on Dave Campbell's Texan live, and we will have full recap tomorrow on Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight. Another one in the Houston area happening tonight that I am very excited about. How about Sci Falls and mm-hmm. Bridgeland? This one's tasty down there in District 16, 6A. sci Falls coming in at four and one on the season. Bridgeland also four and one. Um Sci Falls running back Trey Morris has been exceptional. He's averaging mm, about 125 fun yards. Oh yeah. So yeah. Fun. we've had Sci Falls on Dave Campbell's yeah. Texas football tonight a couple of different weeks and every single week we usually try to cut their highlights because mm-hmm. it's a Trey Morris just highlight reel um so they they've been looking really good on the other side obviously Bridgeland uh they the biggest question coming into this year was are they finally going to find that replacement for Connor w- Wigman you'll remember Bridgeland was really really good when now A&M quarterback Connor Wigman mm-hmm. was there. Uh, they made really deep playoffs runs, and ever since then, they just haven't had that star power quarterback to bring him back. Junior quarterback Jet Lewis has looked exceptional so far. He has looked really, really good. 788 passing yards, 10 touchdowns on the year. Um, what I love about this game, and I didn't realize until earlier today, I already like the matchup. I feel like these two teams match up well against each other, but this could Could be a huge game if Bridgeland is able to pull off the win against Mm -hmm. Cy Falls. Then Bridgeland in Week 11, the last week of the season, is playing Cy Springs. We've talked about Cy Springs a ton. They were they have come out of absolutely nowhere, completely unexpected. Now five and zero, they're leading that district right now Mm -hmm. after their win against Cy Ranch last week. Last week, yes, Cy. Mm -hmm. You're correct. And so, if Bridgeland is able to pull this off tonight. I would choose to believe that Bridgeland Cy Springs in week 11 could decide the district championship in sixteen six a which is just tasty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cy Falls could throw all of that away, but if Bridgeland pulls it off, we're in for a fun week 11. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, moving on now, and again, that one's tonight, so we will have – watch it uh, – who is on the call? Chris Elliott's on the call at 6.30 p.m. this evening. So go ahead and watch football pretty soon. Yes, <laughs> I know. 6.30. Um, let's stay in the Houston area as we take a look at our Friday matchups here. Baytown Lee, the Ganders, out of 5A Division I, that's out of District 8. Taking on district foe Barbers Hill, Lou Roche will be on the call at 7 o'clock p.m. from Eagle Stadium in Mount Vel- Bellevue. You. i like baytown lee's little mascot there. oh yeah the
0: ganders <laughs> it looks awesome yeah. fantastic absolutely
1: fantastic like it's nice to battle see, the birds <laughs> i was gonna say it's nice to see a battle of the birds that it's not just like eagles versus eagles right right exactly um so the ganders are looking to shake this this one's a shake-up game because the ganders could really shake up 8 5 a division one with an upset win here over barbers hill i think that you got to come in and say that barbers hill is your favorite mm-hmm. um this is another really deep district you've got laporte Barbers Hill, Port Arthur Memorial, Kingwood Park.
0: Oh yeah, oh, the yeah, the worst deep. record
1: out of any of those teams is four and two, and yeah. that's Kingwood Park. Uh, so Baytown Lee is at uh, three and two record, two and one in district play. Their quarterback Levy Duncan has looked good. At their senior running back uh, Taylor has given the Ganders a real big you know, multiple levels to Mm -hmm. that offense, Mm -hmm. but they're going to really, really be tested on defense tonight. I'm very interested to see what their game plan is in stopping, especially wide receiver, Brady Thompson for Barbers Hill. He's been the catalyst. So he's going to challenge them on the outside. I'm very interested to see how the defensive backs from Baytown Lee are able to stop him and try and limit that offense. But if Baytown pulls the upset, that could really shake up that district. District, A very, very deep, good district.
0: Yeah, that's exciting.
1: Um, Staying in the Houston area, again, we spoke with the head coach of the number 19th-ranked Tomball Memorial. What is their mascot? Wildcats. Wildcats. um, Earlier, and Sam Parker was very pumped. Tepper asked him, he was like, hey, did you think – coming into this that you would be sitting here at 5 and 0 on the season and he was like man i th- i thought we were going to be good but this team has really come mm-hmm. together and they've played really well uh, this offense is insane mm-hmm. insane and it's funny because the defense is just as good the most any time how do i put this to make it sound correct the only time they've ever given up more than 7 points in a game was to Klein Kane and they beat them 79 to 33 Right. So, Offensive performance is not lacking there. <laughs> no. They, and, I mean, they've been they've been consistently tacking on at 50, 60, 70 points every yeah, single right. week. But the most impressive part of that is because their defense is playing so well. The only time they've given up more than seven points was that 33, but then they went on to beat them 79 to 33. So, right. really good. Uh, they'll have a big test going up against an offense in Klein Collins that has Tucker Park under center, um, Adrian Mitchell has his club rolling and uh, they got the only time that they have lost, they got blanked by Summer Creek. But I think that this is their next big test to see how this district's going to shape out. But Ball Memorial has been a team that has been firing on all cylinders. Very excited to watch what I believe will be a high scoring shootout here. Definitely. Yeah, I really like
0: that Klein Collins quarterback. I think he's I think he's committed to UTSA. Um, Tucker Parks mm-hmm. I believe that's his name um, but yeah he's a, he's really fun he should be fun to watch yep. in this matchup
1: um, last one here in the Houston area and this is tasty let's talk about 196 a again the 25th Western Kentucky sorry not UTSA ah the Hilltoppers gonna go see our friend Big Red correct um, the 25th ranked Katie Jordan Warriors taking on Katie Cinco Ranch and we love District 19 a There's no denying that. Um, Warriors coming off a very, very close loss to Katie last week. Mm-hmm. It was an exceptional game. That has got to be the toughest that Katie has been pushed in district in a handful of years. That was one of our spotlight games last week. Um, they ended up falling just shy, but mm-hmm. they got off to a really impressive lead. Yeah. Their their second half, the defense just couldn't hold through, but they got off to a very, very impressive lead. And I think that this one has huge implications on seating in this district because mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear as of now, Katie will likely finish atop that district, but these are definitely the two best teams yeah well other than katie
0: right and i feel like for so long in district 196 a it's always been that katie tigers right it's mm-hmm. always been that's been the story year in and year out and to see two other contenders that could potentially push katie mm-hmm. is really exciting
1: yeah just narrowing that gap it, it, right exactly it, katie you know. will
0: probably still like you said will probably still come on at, atop of this district but i mean for future you know, future years, there's more contenders in that district than just Katie.
1: Absolutely. And I would not be surprised if at some point, you know, one of these teams ends up playing Katie again in the playoffs. In the playoffs, right. Um, Which a match, a rematch is is always fun. But this, I think that this game will be the deciding factor between who's seated second and who's seated third in this district. So a very tasty one there. Moving on now to the Austin area. These are some of my favorite matchups out of 5A Division I District 11 because I love, 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 love. I remember when Realignment came out, I love the cross-regional matchups between the greater Austin area and the Brazos Valley. Mm -hmm. I think it's the old Texas versus Texas A&M in me coming out, but anytime I see one of these two teams traveling up Highway 6, I guess, probably would be the easiest way to get there. Craigway would yell at me because I don't know every single (laughs) back of the road. But anyway, uh, very excited to see uh, this one. Doug Pierce thought that uh, Pflugerville-Hendrickson was probably a year early, but they're showing – very, very good signs coming into this one. Three and two on the season, so not exceptional yet, but a couple they've mm-hmm. had a couple of good losses, if you can consider them good losses. And then um, A&M consolidated. So I think this is another kind of big off-the-beaten-path seeding game when yeah. it comes to playoff contentions. Um, their O-line is huge. Really, really, really I feel big. I think like they always have a big offensive line. Mm-hmm. Always big up front. So uh, we'll have to see how Hendrickson's defense holds up against a really vaunted offense in uh, Will Haggart is the quarterback down there for Consolidated. Interested to see this one. I feel like this is a very level playing field between mm-hmm. these two teams so that one will be fun down there in the greater Austin area moving up now to the DFW we go and how about this one out of Dallas ISD S- District 6 5A Division 2 the Dallas Kimball Knights take on the seventh rank South Oak Cliff Golden Bears and this it's just fun. You know, it, the same kind of thing that we're talking about with district 16 or district 19 in six a of it's always the Katie show. That's what right. this district has turned always into the sock show. It's always the sock show, but Kimball has looked really, really good so far. Um, their quarterback, Amore Williams hall, The junior quarterback has already eclipsed over 1,200 passing yards on the season. They've got quite a few really, really good defenders Mm -hmm. on their squad. But Coach Bam has them ready to roll. And on the other side for Sock, they they lost so much to graduation. They did. It was like, okay, is this the year that Sock goes to fall off? I mean, the two-time reigning state champions. um, But they've looked good. I mean, Carter Kopecky has looked good at quarterback so far. Their running back, uh, Danny Green, has really, really been a bright spot for them. The defense is led by Brandon Jones. I mean, all of those normal names that you're used to hearing. They're only two. Lo- they have two losses on the season, but it's a Duncanville and Desoto. I was gonna say
0: they've only punched up. You know yeah. how do you how do you even take those loss? You got to take those losses with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because those are two arguably two of the best 6A teams in the entire state you yep. know and it's you, you can't really take that well and
1: i think their win over parish episcopal was really big yeah because i, mean, I think so too parish then like two weeks later after that they went and beat china spring i right. know that's a different classification but i mean still. parish is
0: consistently the best private, private school, school. Yeah. in the state yeah so that's an impressive win and i think they also had an impressive win over lancaster too in mm-hmm. the second week of the season as well so yeah they're I mean, a they proven team lancaster they did they did they're a proven team it's going to be it's going to be tough for Kimball to – I mean, this is the first time I think that they've clearly been tested mm-hmm. all season. Um, but this is a fun district matchup, and we'll see We'll see if Kimball can hang
1: on. Yeah, and I think it's another one where we'll see how much the gap is closing. I think SOC is right. easily your favorite here. They will always be your favorite when we're talking about them playing anybody out of mm-hmm. Dallas ISD. But if anyone has a shot to knock them down, I think putting your money on Kimball – as the the best contender for them in DISD is probably right. a fair bet. So excited to see that one. Uh, Tommy Yarish on the call there from Kincaid Stadium, 7 o'clock p.m. We'll have all the highlights ready to go. And finally, here's a fun one. We've talked a lot about a lot of districts, but nothing ever gets better than 11-6A as the number one ranked team, the Duncanville Panthers, take on district foe Waxahachie. Um, it's – this is – This, to me, this entire week is that measuring stick of where is the gap? Yep. Where do you draw the line of how good these people that we very much anticipate to see at AT AT&T Stadium, just how much better are they than the competition? Mm -hmm. So Waxahachie already has a loss to DeSoto on the year twist my arm, I think Duncanville and DeSoto obviously are the two best teams mm-hmm. in that district, but it does start getting interesting to see where is gonna lie because Mansfield Mansfield High is coming in at 5-0 and oh on the season. They'll meet up against Waxahachie in week 9, mm-hmm. and then um, Duncanville-DeSoto will meet up week 10. So, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, but seeing how close Waxahachie can get to keeping this close is going to really impact the way I feel about Waxahachie and Mansfield going into play in week 9.
0: And I think Waxahachie too, like they've they've looked pretty impressive especially mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball this year, but then you switch gears here and you look at how dominant Duncanville's defense has been this season now of course they've been fantastic on the offensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. but I think the real story here with Duncanville is this defense they have given up 13 points all season long with three shutouts
1: Uh, they just they're just so dominant I mean it's it's actually crazy it really is talk so much about how there's these programs like this that just look so much better than everybody Mm -hmm to see the number one ranked team in the largest classification look that that dominant. much better than everybody. Like I feel like Alito's a good example of that. Or, you know, you get down to two A And as of recently, two A division one has been like, Oh, okay. Two A division two is a perfect example of that. Like Mart mm-hmm. Mart has always kind of been that team that it's like, Yeah, there's a lot of really good teams. Like, the top 10 looks really good, but if you draw a line between 1 and 2 through 10, it's not even close. Well,
0: and here's the thing, too. When you get down to those smaller classifications, you can have one player come every so couple of years that yes. could just completely changes the trajectory of that team. Mm-hmm. Right. A hundred percent. But then when you get up into the five, the five a ranks mm-hmm. and the six, A ranks, when all of these teams have multiple division one power five prospects on their team yep. and to have a team like Duncanville, that's so dominant year in and year out mm-hmm. is very,
1: very impressive. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, along with the rest of Texas, cannot wait to see what the Mm Duncanville-DeSoto game looks like because I feel like both of those teams are kind of at their peak right now. Right. And it's like, all right, let's really test those waters and see where the gap is. But this is just another good one, I think, as a measuring stick for Waxahachie of where are they going to finish in this, assuming that them and Mansfield are the two other teams that Mm -hmm. are in the playoffs, which Mm -hmm. looks all but assuredly like it's going to happen. Right. So there you go. Uh, We will be live at 7.30 tomorrow night. Dave Campbell's Texas football tonight. Nick Lopius, Ishmael Johnson, and the rest of the crew of UNT students bringing you the best coverage of Texas high school football that you can find on a Friday night. Come join us, and we'll be diving into those games and a ton of other highlighted games. Oh, um, yeah. And looking at scores all across the state in every single classification, six-man ball all the way up to the number one-ranked team in the Duncanville Panthers. So, very excited. We hope that you will join us for free on Dave Campbell's Texas Live.
0: Yeah, we're not just – Houston Austin DFW show we're uh, we're trying to make it more of a state r- statewide wide. show so yep. we'll uh, we'll give you updates there across the entire state across each classification again tomorrow night at 7:30 p.m week seven already of the Texas high school football season it's just flying by I feel like it so really does it I I can't believe that I said just said week seven but mm-hmm. anyways with that being said Let's go ahead and take a look at the San Antonio region, which geographically, this is a massive region (laughs) with a final count of 74 teams. And I would say like half of them have the name San Antonio in their Mm -hmm. name. Um, But four of those teams are currently staked state ranked. So starting off in the highest classification, 6A coming in at number 12. It's Cibolo, Steel, and, man, they have really looked the part already this season with a 4-1 and record. Only loss, of course, coming to Lake Travis earlier in this season. And, honestly, I, 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 I'm just going to say it. I think they're just going to run through this district. Yeah. Um, You've got converse Judson, which historically has been a really great team, but the past yeah. couple of years they've
1: been just kind of down. Yeah, which is just – like I'm, there's no hiding this. We love Mark Soto. We're big Mark Soto fans yeah. around here, or at least I am. I can say personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, he's going back to to do his coach's alma mater, and they just haven't been the same, Judson. Right.
0: I mean, I saw them going off on a tangent. I saw them last year against Westlake, mm-hmm. and I and Craven and I were talking about like this is just not the same. Same. No. Ca- it's not. Same Judson team. Um. And the new Bronfels, they they're kind of down this year. Um. And then San Marcos too. I just I really think that. Typically, this is a really strong district, but mm-hmm. this year it just seems like Sibilo Steel is probably the clear favorite to come out on top there. And it, I think this team's just been a clear powerhouse in the mm-hmm. San Antonio area the past couple of years now. Um, they just have so much talent on well, both
1: sides of the ball. Man, and I think, like... We knew how talented Civil Steel was going to be this year. They're massive. I mean, you've seen them in huge, yeah, yeah. Right? I saw them in person last year. Last and year, you walk down there, and I mean, just the lines are huge, huge. and ev- everything about it. But when they blanked Brennan. 52 to nothing mm-hmm. in week one of this season it was like oh boy well and that was like that was like
0: a spotlight game too yeah. across the state Huge. like people were highlighting that game like this is going to be a good game mm-hmm. to watch you know and then Sibilo Steele just comes out and says hey nope it's nope. not going to be a good game but
1: i think too their their win over midland legacy that that was the one that did something for me mm-hmm. obviously you go down and you lose to lake travis that hurts but the chances of them seeing lake travis again in the playoffs is Huge, And mm-hmm. guess what happened last year? They lost in the regular season. They came back won. and they won mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I would not be surprised if that ends up being the case again. But seeing them go up really against a team in Midland Legacy that's built like them, mm-hmm. that's a very strength-on-strength strength matchup. You've got the huge offensive lines. You've got the huge defensive lines. They're going to pound the ball down your throat. Seeing them go up, and, and obviously that's a long trip for Legacy, but mm-hmm. – I mean, they they looked great, and I, I think I would put my money on them seeing Lake Travis again in the playoffs and very interested to see how that one shakes out.
0: Right. Well, and I think that region, too, is just a little bit weaker than mm-hmm. it usually is with Westlake being a little down this year and Lake Travis as well. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, the chances of them meeting are very high, and – it's hard to beat a good team twice, you know? Yes. So, I would say that's a 50-50 shot of Siblo Steel coming out on top. And I, I was wrong. I said it backwards.
1: Steel won in the regular, regular season. Regular season, and then and they and lost. That's who they lost to in the playoffs in the playoffs. Yes, yes. But they lost on a
0: literal last-second field right. goal. Right. It's always a toss-up between those two teams. And, yep. um, I think they've got a good, good case to maybe possibly win out that region mm-hmm. this year. Um, but they play New Braunfels this week, another district matchup. Should be a fun one. Number 20, San Antonio Reagan. I feel like they've been good the past couple of years, but I kind of feel like this year they kind of came out and out of nowhere and was like, hey, yeah, we're in the top 25 now. Mm -hmm. Um, They've they've started off the season – really really hot with a 5-0 and record big win over i know this is punching down a division but big win over smithson valley mm-hmm. um in week one very very impressive win there and coach hamilton has been the head coach there for seven years and i just feel like year year after year they've just gotten that much better and that much stronger mm-hmm. they're a really balanced team with just talent on both sides of the ball um and they've got a really really stout offensive line with an impressive one-two punch in the backfield with Pryor and Cappuccino. Had to spell that out. (laughs) (laughs) And then they've also, on the other side of the ball, they've got depth at the wide receiver position, uh, linebacker position, excuse me, and then they also have a lot of depth at the wide receiver position as well. So a lot of depth on both sides of the ball, a lot of really, really solid talent. It's a fun, it's a really fun district Mm -hmm. because it's just a bunch of, san antonio deep 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 san antonio schools um but the real test is going to be when they play san antonio johnson here next week mm-hmm. this week they have eight. san antonio madison but next week that's probably going to determine the district 28 68 champion
1: yeah they've got a i mean they've got a tough stretch here because you look at that starting next week you got johnson you've got churchill who is no one to run over. No. no. Um, You've got Roosevelt coming right after that. Mm -hmm. And then Brandeis. I mean, every single one of those teams where's Brandeis's record three and three. But I mean, when you look at the stretch of Johnson Churchill and Roosevelt, all of those teams are very much capable of pulling an upset. Right. Um, but yes, I they've gotten out to a very impressive start. I think we'll know a lot next week after they play Johnson.
0: Yes, that's gonna be the real test there.
1: But even if they beat Johnson, you cannot trip up in the rest of those games. Because Mm-mm. that's where they could get got. Right. They win this week against Madison and then they go if they beat Johnson, great. Churchill and Roosevelt are absolutely going to have something to say about that. Like, you've got to keep your foot on the gas. Right. Uh, but, yeah, next week against Johnson, that's a fun one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely don't want to sleep in that district because you're going to get got if not. Moving on down to the 4A Division II. Oh, no, just kidding. Sorry. Smithson Valley. 5A Division I. 5A Division one. I. I did not – uh, they, so Houston they're Valley... four and
1: one, obviously, with the yeah. loss to San Antonio Reagan. And they've—I mean—they've I mean, they've looked really. I mean, good. they've just the...
0: been—they've been—they were dominant last year. They've been dominant this year. I think they have a lot to returning on both sides of the ball too. I don't. What is? did you say their record
1: was? Their record's four and one. So the, and ol- run, the only okay. loss was week Which one was against to San Reagan, Antonio Reagan. Right. Right. It was. Right. By, it, was a, it was a one point loss. Right. Right. Um, but no, I think that they've looked really dominant. The defense has looked pretty good. Uh, I think the win. Say what you will about Canyon, New Braunfels Canyon. Eh, I thought that was a good yeah. dominating win for them. 42-21, to 21, I thought that it showed some grit. Uh, I think the win over Harker Heights is, is mm-hmm. playing out pretty well, too. Um, but Smithson Valley has been another one of those teams that it's like, would that be the team from San Antonio to make – Make it to AT and T Stadium. Yeah, and I and I don't think I don't think in five A Division one that that's looking likely, but I think that they can absolutely take that region and run with it a little bit.
0: Right, definitely, because I mean, eventually you're gonna probably run into Alito, who's just been the powerhouse there at five A Division. Well, that 1. yeah, that wouldn't be till the to the state, state right, right. But I mean, again, I think they definitely could make some noise too in that region, um, and you know, possibly make it to yeah. AT and T Stadium.
1: Let me see here. I, I do want to look that up real fast. So 5A Division One, you're looking at pull up the rankings. Let's see. Out of region three. Boo. (laughs) Bernie Champion is definitely gonna be a test within their own district. Um when you move over, I mean, I don't uh, district eleven, you've got Maybe Leander Glenn's looking okay. Georgetown's looking pretty dominant, so that might be the, the time when they get got a little bit in Region 3. Um, Georgetown would be one that I would be worried about. Bernie Champion is one to definitely be worried about. Um, and then, honestly, I mean, you look at District 10, and I, I don't think that there's anyone in there that they would struggle with too far. I think Manville's kind of dropped.
0: Right, and we, we've so, talked about them before, too, and how they're kind of down a little bit this year.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a team like Friendswood or something like that. But, I mean, I think that they have the chance to go. I think their largest test is going to be in district when they're looking at Bernie Champion. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, it would be playing someone out of District 11. But I don't think anybody in District 11 is as good as they have been in the past. Right. Um, so well, they met- Georgetown would be a threat, but, uh, yeah – Bernie champions, probably the one that that'll, that'll be the interesting.
0: Well, and they met, they met college station in the state semis last year. or was that the regional finals. They lost to college station. I do remember that game. Cause it was a really, really close game. Cause a lot of us did pick them to win the region last year.
1: Yeah. I can't remember which round that was in. I think it was,
0: I think it might've been regional finals. Yeah, I think it definitely was because a lot of us did pick them to win the region last year. So I think it was sense. Ranger Finals. But, anyways, um, strong contender there um, in 5A Division 1. Moving on down to 5A Division 2, number 4, Cuero. And they've also looked the part this year with a 5 and 0 record with wins over really, really solid teams this year so far. Um, and they've just been so dominant they were dominant last year in coach Fickok's first year and they're dominant this year as well in his second year at the helm but I think they're really impressive at the quarterback position and I'll talk more about him later when we're looking at players to watch but Mason Ataro has just been the clear leader in first in command here with this offense but they've got really they've got talent all over the field um, especially on the defensive side of the ball And if you remember back to last year, they did fall short to Wimberley in the state semifinals. Um, But I think they're definitely back in the mix here to possibly make it to AT&T Stadium. Um, Do I think they're a lock? Definitely not, because you still have Silsby. Mm -hmm. You've got Wimberley. Pleasant Grove. I mean, it's just a really, really tough division. Um, And I think Silsby's better than last year. I think Wimberley's better than last year. So, no, it's definitely not a lock, but you can definitely throw Quero in the mix there.
1: Yeah, I think that they should be, one, your clear-cut favorite out of District 12. I don't yeah. think that there's really any any question um, about that. And then you look at Region 3 as a whole, and I agree. I think Silsby's probably the toughest test. Think what you will about West and Stark out of District 9. That one is, you know, they have their moments. Um, But, yeah, I don't think anybody – well, let me say Madisonville. Madisonville out of yeah. District 11, that might throw them some fits if they were to meet up early in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Madisonville has really, really looked the part so far this year. So that's probably my sleeper out of Region 3. But I think if you're looking at Region 3 as a whole, Quero and Silsby have got to be your two favorites heading into Region 3. And then – You know, I think that you would say that they're going to be favorites over just about anyone in Region Four. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. If they were able to get past Silsby, which that would be a very very tough test, I think that they would be a favorite over anybody in Region Four. Wimberley does look very good, and Mm um, yeah, that's. Shoot, that's probably it. It's a, it's, r-
0: it's one of those it's one of those divisions too where like anything can happen mm-hmm. because all of these teams are so similar they're all very close to each other there's not really a big gap not as big gap I would say as like you'd say in you know six a or five a division one um, they're all very close and it, anything could really happen and playoff time will be very exciting they start district play this week against um, Giddings so. Ye- and then to close it all out, all out, three A Division two, checking in at number seven is Poth. They currently hold a four and one record, only loss coming from Blanco, which of course they were punching up a division, so take that as you will. They've looked really good so far, only allowing twenty one points in the last four games, and they had to they had to replace a lot, um, uh, especially in the offensive backfield there. But I don't think this team is is as deep as they were last season mm-hmm. when they did make it to AT&T Stadium. Um, but I don't really also think they're going to be tested either until they hit the playoffs because no. their district is – they they're going to run through their district mm-hmm. pretty easily, just like they did last year. Um, but I think the question is going to be definitely depth and experience heading into the playoffs well, and, and if they can keep up.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because you, when you look at the teams that they've played, typically – that would be a treacherous schedule. Fall City, mm-hmm. back-to-back lined up against Shiner. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams definitely down from from what they have been in right. the past. So it's one of those things. You take that with a grain of salt of going, yes, they're substantially better than Shiner, but walking off a football field with a win in the past couple of years with the name Shiner on their chest, that's that's a big win. I says think, something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny because when you take a look at that, honestly, their best win so far has been against Dilly in overtime, the 10, seven win over a Dilly team that has looked really good this season. And mm-hmm. that was a very interesting matchup specifically to see the post defense has been good, but did they have the offensive capability to outscore to someone? Up, right. Um, and and they did, because the defense has looked like a post-defense this mm-hmm. year. They're right back on their BS, and it's been awesome yeah, to Yeah, they watch. returned a
0: lot, too. They have a lot of experience on the defensive side. But, yeah, the real question there is, like you said, the offensive side. Yeah, of and, I mean,
1: you think back to the state championship last year, and it's like, okay, the defense was great all year mm-hmm. long, and they can't get anything going offensively. The spark that you've seen and the maturity and the growth that you've seen from the post-team that we saw – was lucky to score seven in the state championship last mm-hmm. year. It's been very encouraging, I would think, to Pirates fans to go, hey, we actually are capable of moving the ball on offense. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So there you go. Five ranked teams in the San Antonio region. A lot of talent down there as well. So with that being said, let's go ahead and transition into six of the players that I think that you should keep an eye on from here on out and starting strong with San Antonio Johnson quarterback. Ty Hawkins and what an unbelievable player this guy is and if you follow any kind of San Antonio football you definitely have heard his name before he's a dual threat quarterback and he put up insane numbers last year as a sophomore and he's doing the exact same thing this year he's the top ranked quarterback in the class of 2025 and just through five games alone he's thrown for 745 yards and 10 touchdowns and has run for 375 yards and nine touchdowns and in a single game like this is worth pointing out in a single game against San Antonio Roosevelt he put up a total of 474 yards and six touchdowns three through the air three on the ground that's that's absolutely insane. He is a true dual threat. We saw him at seven on seven this year, and he looked just as impressive. And he's currently committed to play in Fort Worth for the TCU Horn Frogs. What a get for Sunny Dykes too. I mean,
1: I will never forget the first time that I saw Ty Hawkins play because it was at the yeah uh, the, the Alamo Dome right? classic last year right. in Week One, and me ish, Step and uh, Gabe Brooks were all sitting there, and we're we're getting going, and it's like okay, and it's like mm-hmm. whoa 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 whoa. Did that guy who is that this? Throw? Well, and he was a
0: sophomore last year whoa, too. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! Did he just make that run? Like, yeah. Who is this kid? Right. And then we found out it's a sophomore. And at that point, Gabe Brooks. I was like, buddy, wasn't it that when his two four seven recruiting profile oh was created? Oh my god! His yeah, he was just licking his lips That's because awesome. it was like, man, this rocks. Ty Hawkins is our our darling boy, yes. and he he's something special.
0: Yes, definitely. Moving on down to Cibolo Steel, wide receiver Royal Coppell, another junior. I'm Going through this list, too, there's a lot mm-hmm. of juniors. A lot of juniors on this list, a lot of young talent to keep your eye on. Um, but again, he's a junior. Coach signs says he's a smooth route runner, and he's just a tough one to bring down. Standing at 5'11, coming in at 180 pounds. He's got a good build and a good frame for a D1 receiver. I think he's got a breakaway speed and excels in yards after the catch. 30 catches for 374 yards and two touchdowns already on the season for this athlete. And he's got multiple Division One offers from programs like Oregon and Oklahoma and Baylor and Houston. Definitely a Division One Power 5 talent there in Royal Capel. Mm-hmm. Moving down on in the list, Converse Judson safety Miles Davis. Powers has him ranked as the fifth-ranked safety in Texas and finished his junior year with 38 total tackles, four interceptions, and six pass breakups. He's a hard-hitting defensive back with an eye for the ball. He's really, really good at reading offense as well, and he's always in position to make a play. Um, He runs track for Jensen as well. So saying that he's fast is probably a little bit of an understatement. Um, I think that he was a part of their four by one team um, that made it to state last year. So again, very, very fast speed for days, speed for days. The seniors currently committed to play at Texas A&M and he chose the Aggies over programs like Texas TCU and USC. So a big get for the school down the road for them. Keeping on with it, the Mules, Alamo Heights athlete, Michael Terry, the third. So according, I don't know how much truth this has to it, but so according to rivals, <laughs> All here, right, let's, and I let's, trust rivals. So throw this out is some uh,
1: shade. No, 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 no. no
0: <laughs> I do trust this, but it just, see, it, it, and it's more of a, like a, it seems too good. to be it true. It seems too good to be true kind yeah. of thing. But rivals said he's played at least one down at most positions, right? Mm-hmm. So, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, cornerback, safety, outside linebacker, kickoff return, punt return, and punting in general. So, this rival is- said he has played at least one down <laughs> for all of these multiple positions. So, yeah.
1: I put him as an athlete on here. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to say, and this is exactly why the term athlete is a thing. (laughs) Correct. And this is
0: at like a a larger school too. Like this is not at like a – Alamo
1: Heights is a 6A school. Right, exactly. (laughs) This is
0: not like it's at the 3A, 2A level. Like if he can play multiple positions on the field at a massive 6A program like Alamo Heights, yeah, he's got some athleticism to him. Um, It looks like though he probably is leaning more towards – playing wide receiver in college um but But he's got options (laughs) he's got options for sure his numbers as a sophomore again junior he's a junior his numbers as a sophomore speak for themselves he passed for 113 yards and three touchdowns through the air he rushed uh for 768 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. They also caught 33 passes for 449 yards and seven touchdowns. So, uh, sure. again, those stats speak for themselves. He's got a bunch of Division I Power 5 offers like Baylor, Oregon, Oklahoma, TCU, and Duke. It'll be super exciting to see where this junior decides to go in a year or so. I've already mentioned him once, but let's go ahead and talk about him some more because he is just incredible Mm. Quero quarterback Mason Nataro. Quero fans were I'm sure very very excited to have this guy back on the offense this season he's the commander-in-chief on this on the offensive side of the ball over 2,600 passing yards and 34 touchdowns through the air last season 100 or 1,000 yards rushing and 18 touchdowns on the ground last season like those were his full stats that's insane that is crazy and he's also been lining it up this year through four and a half games he's thrown for nine 900, 919 yards and 11 touchdowns and he's run for 296 yards and three touchdowns so clearly no slowing down for the cuero superstar there and he's just been a huge part of this Quero offensive attack he returned this season as the leading passer and the leading rusher no surprise there and when you watch him play he always just looks so poised I feel like I looked Mm -hmm. I looked him up before the show obviously and I was looking at his huddle reel and he just always looks so put together like he's comfortable in the pocket he's comfortable taking off on big runs he's com. he's comfortable with making something out of nothing if the play does fall apart truly a very fun guy to watch and I mean I don't think that he has any offers yet or if he plans on playing at the next level but I think any school that would get him would be a sta- maybe like a smaller FCS school or a division two program oh yeah, that's scramble. just me he's speculating but I mean I think any program would be lucky to have this guy on their team because he's just he's just fantastic and then to round it all out let's talk about Yokum athlete Xavier Barnett he's a sophomore again very, very young list that I've got going here, but it's worth talking about. He's been very impressive. He plays both at wide receiver and linebacker, and he's got an ideal frame at 6'3", 200 pounds, which is a huge advantage, I'd say, at the 3A level there. And there's a good chance he's probably the tallest guy on the field because a lot of his tape that I was watching, he was by far the tallest, <laughs> the tallest athlete <laughs> yeah. on the field, again, at the 3A level. And he can – he can be a downfield receiving threat as well as line up in the slot for short yardage gain. He's got five-star potential. I think he's ranked as a four-star right now, but definitely has that that thing in him that could push him over the edge to eventually become that five-star. He'll make some noise here in the next few years, I'm sure. They go. He already Go ahead. I was going to say he already holds an offer from Houston, too, as a sophomore, and I think that he got that last year, too, so... That's really impressive. Those offers are probably going to keep rolling in here as Joakim continues to do really well. And he's again, he's just like a standout on that team, so mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to miss somebody like that. But yeah. really, really excited to see kind of what he does here in the next couple of years. He's still very young, so
1: Coach Robinson's really excited about him. They've got a big game against Hitchcock. They do. Yes. Yeah, yes. Huge, huge district game against That'll Hitchcock. Be. If you if you're looking for a game to go to and you're kind of down in that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I would be pulling up to that so quick. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a tough, tough test for him as well. Mm-hmm. I think
0: against a really strong Hitchcock team. So there you go, players to watch, ranked teams in the San Antonio region. And man, I'm tired. It's been a tough week. We've had a lot of things to do. But San Antonio region's always a fun one to talk about. We two, love going down to the 2-1-0. Oh. We love UTSA too. I'm a big Jeff Trailer fan. I love the birds up. So fun region to talk about. That's all I got. Do you have anything else? No, nothing else. I think you covered it all. I'll be going to a game tonight, so we'll have to get out of here pretty soon. I'm going to Midlothian Heritage and Mansfield Summit. So that should be a good one. That will also be on Texan Live as well. So if you want to watch along with us, Tonight? Yeah, we got a
1: huge Thursday slate of Texan Live games. Like, if you're yep. if you're staying inside and avoiding any weather or anything, uh, texanlive.com. Go go watch some of the games. We've got a ton of them. Remember, North Shore and Humble Summer Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and the DFW, Arlington Seguin, and Everman will also be on Texan E-block. Live. So, lots of fun games to watch on Texan Live. I don't think there's going to be any weather tonight, but I'm going to say there's going to be weather, so you'll watch on texanlive.com. Correct. <laughs> Thanks for following along with us. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. If you ever choose to do Spotify, (laughs) we will be back next Thursday at 2 p.m. to talk more football around the Lone Star State.